Podcast 3 on the leadership perspective of the ethic of care. Share a story in which you demonstrated care through your leadership. Nick Curry. So the thing I like most about uh, being in Garden City uh, is that uh, we have incredible diversity to our neighborhoods. Uh, we have people uh, on my street alone who've been there for many, many decades or happily retired now. Uh, we have uh, some young families where uh, the parents uh, grew up in Garden City area and now their kids are getting ready to go to Garden City Collegiate and went to the same schools that their parents went to. Uh, we have a lot of new families. Uh, my family, uh, my wife's family is from Garden City and so we decided to settle there when we we're uh, looking at uh, putting down our roots. And beside us, on one side, we have a family from Punjab. On the other side, we have a family from the Philippines. And uh, something that's very important to us is that uh, it's a lot of young families on that street. So across the way, we have a family that's been there for a long period of time, a lot of uh, uh, roots there. And we have, essentially, on the other side of the street, a few families that are practically brand new and come from very different places. And uh, the one family from the uh, Philippines, uh, my neighbor Nav, uh, he and I would say hi once in a while. I remember when uh, you know they were getting ready to go out uh, for the summer trip last year. They came by, and my wife and I have cats, and his daughter had never really seen uh, uh, cats, uh, I guess, other than street cats, so she was very excited to you know, uh, hold one of them for a while before uh, her cat got a little uh, uncomfortable. And so that was fun, you know, sharing some family things with them. Uh, and uh, it was really important, though, uh, when we were kind of speaking... Earlier this year, a friend of mine, uh, he has an arborist company. He cut down a tree I had in my backyard, and uh, I know him from the military. I'm very excited for him. He's starting a small business in Manitoba, and it's very exciting times for him. He's always busy, and I don't get to see him anymore, and so I was kind of glad he can come and cut down my tree, and we were chatting for a while. And uh, so he got it uh, taken down very quickly, and uh, sure enough, a few days later, just pulling the garbage out to the uh, front, and uh, my neighbor, Nav, uh, waved me down. He asked, hey, so uh, you got your tree cut down. That didn't take any time. And we started talking about it. And uh, I just passing said, yeah, if you need a tree cut down, you call my friend. He's like, yeah, I need two trees cut down. I said, oh, great. And I didn't think about it, though. I didn't really have a business card for my friend. All I had done was text him because he and I had known each other for 10 years. So I said, well, I'll get a hold of him and, you know, we'll see what we can do. And, and Nav gave me his number to forward him. So I text my friend and I said, hey, I have this uh, gentleman, my neighbor, I think he might need some trees cut down. I don't know, do you have a business number or something I can give him or whatever? Uh, maybe an email. And he's like, oh, no problem. Uh, I'm in North Winnipeg. I'll come by in a sec. And so he had uh, driven by that night, or I ran out and I made sure Nav was going to be home. Uh, I texted my friend, yeah, he'll be there. Come by, do your, your uh, assessment. Came by, uh, did the assessment, everything, and I went over to say hi to my friend. Uh, I had noticed when we had first arrived, and Nav was uh, very excited. Uh, so uh, he had done the assessment, and it was on a Friday. Sure enough, uh, my friend had an opening, got his uh, two trees cut down. Uh, he had to use my driveway because uh, we have relatively narrow lots in Garden City, and uh, so he used my driveway to take out one of the trees. Uh, and so I was helping direct the uh, vehicle back. And uh, it was all said and done, and at the same time, uh, in my house, we have a, a newborn, so I'm a bit distracted, of course. And uh, I was just glad that uh, my friend, he had some business, my neighbor got uh, his trees cut down. I didn't really think much about uh, that connection that I had made, that uh, one person needed a tree cut down, the other person had a business. Uh, Part of it was a newborn in the house is uh, quite a distraction. But uh, uh, later that uh, week, uh, the next week that is, uh, I saw Nav. He was in the front yard uh, of our house. He was cutting our lawn. I thought, well, what the heck? So I went out. I was like, Nav, uh, are you, what's going on? I, I, I can cut my lawn. It's like, oh, Nick, I owe you. You got my trees cut down. 
I thought, well, I, I didn't cut down his trees. Uh, all I did was connect him to a friend. And all I could think is how many weeks had he been trying to look for someone to cut down his trees? Or maybe how afraid was he to ask? Uh, maybe he didn't know anyone who had a company like that. It's not every day that you bump into someone who knows someone who has an arborist company. And uh, that connection was uh, important to me because that was someone who had uh, a problem that maybe they were having a lot of trouble solving. And uh, all I did was uh, be able to communicate with a friend of mine. But it is more than that. It's more that uh, being able to show you need something right away, you need this done, and I was able to help with that. Uh, just, I think, at the end of the day, that's beyond the work of politicians, it's beyond the work of uh, any kind of job like education. It just goes down to being a, a good person, a good neighbor. And having that sense of being a good person, good neighbor, having uh, that uh, share of community that uh, you care for the person who lives beside you, you care for uh, all the changes that can happen around you uh, is important. And for my neighbor, he was very excited, and uh, we get to share a lot of stories now. He has a young daughter, and he and I are able to kind of share those stories, being new fathers. Uh, and it's a fun experience to now be closer with someone that I knew nothing about um, and hear a lot of uh, his challenges and stories and and uh, fears, and he can hear some of my fears and challenges, uh, especially about fatherhood, but a lot of family things. And we get to share uh, a fence, but it's more than that now. We get to share uh, our experience together as living in that community and being prepared to raise our families there. And uh, it makes, I think, people feel more secure and happier, uh, safer, that they can know their neighbors so well, that they can know the people so well that they're working with, or in especially education, when you can uh, show that you care, um, I think it makes people feel more secure in being in school and being able to provide uh, the needed service of education. Um, so these these acts were, uh, at the time, I took for granted. I thought uh, it was a very easy act for me. But at the end of the day, that was a very important act for him. And that's what's more important. If it, The value that he placed on that act I gave for him is always going to be more uh, important than what I feel about it because I was able to help him. That's like giving a gift in some ways. Um, the act of giving is far better than the act of receiving. And so uh, that I was able to give him that gift of connecting him with the arborist, uh, that makes me feel very happy about uh, what we can all do as community members and hopefully what I can do as an MLA. Donna Giesbrecht. About uh, four years ago, a single mum with a young son, I think he was about two at the time, and an older daughter in the school, uh, sporadically attended preschool programs with her son. He was a pretty active child, and sometimes the group situation was just too much for him. But she would often just pop in to talk about parenting challenges and what she hoped to do in the future in terms of education and training for herself. So mostly I listened, but also gave her a few suggestions as to where she could go to finish her high school diploma. She chose the Seven Oaks Adult Learning Centre where there was a daycare for her son. And I remember she said to me, you had me at daycare <laughs> because that would work for her. Um, she still periodically though popped in to say hi and tell me how she was doing. And then this past spring she came to let me know that she was graduating and invited me to her grad. I attended her grad at the Maples and she even received uh, one of the scholarships. So I think that care in the form of support both moral and practical was what this parent needed. Bruce Shamray. 
Yeah, I think the, the one that comes to mind um, that was the most difficult and challenging, um, but with no regrets, um, is uh, we had a, a staff member with a fairly severe addiction. Uh, they had been bumped from school to school and situations had occurred and really had never been dealt with other than to move them. Um, so as an admin team, we were kind of left uh, with a situation where it was evident that the, the teacher uh, was uh, still a heavy addict. And um, just in terms of some of the behavior, you know, the behavior wasn't such that it was so obvious, but um, for those of us in the know, you could kind of see that what was going on. Um, and, of course, uh, with in, in meeting with that staff member and talking about the concerns and their health, um, there was denial, there was lying, there was all of the natural things that... that uh, people with addictions do and it was very uh, frustrating um, even teachers that had been friends with that teacher had um, those uh, had been severed uh, relationships and um, certainly I think there was the um, uh, feeling that um, this teacher should no longer be teaching uh, because of their contact with students and all of those things that go along with it and certainly, as at a mid-time at a team, it, we, it took our toll on, on the three of us because everybody external was, would be always asking or thinking that this should be done, that should be done. Um, but we always took the, the notion of how do we help this person um, because basically their life was in jeopardy um, and um, tried to um, make sure that even though the, the, the lying and the deception and all that went through, that we could kind of work through that and support the teacher. Um, and um, and I, I will admit there were times where I'm thinking, you know, as a men team or even myself, like, is this, a, you know, are, are we at a point of no return? But you, you sleep on it and, and give it a shot the next day. And, and fortunately, things did turn around. It, they, it came to a head um, with a situation that occurred that it was uh, the teacher could no longer lie. It was quite obvious and had to then come forward and come clean. And my understanding, it's been two years now that they've been clean. They're an excellent teacher, and, and things have worked out. And I think from a standpoint of not just myself, but my two admin team partners, that um, we could have easily given up. And, and I'm quite happy we didn't. Brian O'Leary. For me, being engaged with people around the work, taking interest in their schools, taking interest in uh, what they do, uh, um, seeing that we're all um, looking at our work as, as, as moving forward. Uh, um, someone asked me, it was just last week, um, in an interview, what, what, um, what I would want my legacy to be. Uh, and I, I said, I hope uh, um, uh, that, I hope it's no time soon, um, <laughs> but but at the, at the point that I that I'm not here, that people are still saying what next and moving forward, um, and, and and have that uh, uh, approach to their classrooms, their kids, their um, uh, their schools, that they're they're kind of constantly striving. So I, 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 uh, our our goal in education is always to succeed with every single kid. Yeah. Um, and and it's a goal that we will always fall short of, but we can't abandon in favor of a lesser goal. Uh, so to me, uh, it is that act of you know constantly striving uh, and, and, and and finding better ways. Um, and and some of the things that we strive for, you know, we 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 actually in Seven Oaks have achieved outcomes that we we would not 
have ever predicted. Um, you know, 10,000 kids performing arts in the park, yeah. 2,000 people coming to a powwow. Uh, um, uh, you know, schools with graduation rates consistently in the in, in the mid nineties. Uh, um, kids learning to skate and learning to swim and learning to play hockey and, and uh, you know the number of kids playing musical instruments. Uh, um, and it doesn't quite come to notice in the same way as you know arts or athletics or some of those things. But the numbers of uh, uh, kids who can write really well, who can um, you know, are heading on to careers and uh, uh, you know, engineers who are going to solve all kinds of problems for us down the road. Uh, um, so all of all of the academic successes uh, in teachers' classrooms, the level of inclusion, all all of that uh, uh, is a result of our striving. Uh, uh, you know, with inclusion, it's not enough to have every kid physically present in the class. Uh, um, you know, or physically present in the school. Uh, uh, you know, we, we kind of get to that point and then say, well, how, how can they be more included? How can they be more valued? How can other kids uh, come to know them and interact with them more? Uh, so I, I, I think we're always striving. Uh, and I, you know, to me, that's, that's, uh, uh, that's the very heart of, of, of what we need to be and who we are. That was a very Brian O'Leary answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. Now please join up with your group and have a conversation about what you've heard.